Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Acts chapter 19. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version today. (coughs) Hallelujah. So last week we began uh, a series. Uh, I started a mini-series for three weeks. Uh, So this is the second part uh, on... uh, entitled Transformed. And we looked at that whole idea of transformation, that as a Christian, uh, we should be seeing transformation in our lives. I gave an example last week in in Acts uh, chapter 9, when Saul has this encounter on the road to Damascus, this amazing encounter that when you look at it, it's so amazing that within three days, when he meets the resurrected Jesus that in three days he is completely transformed. He goes from this terrorist killing Christians, forcing them to blaspheme uh, against, totally against the church, goes from this to uh, someone who's absolutely for the church. He's looking to see people saved and sees miracles, signs and wonders through his life. We sprungboard off at Romans 12 verse 2, which Paul, later on when he'd gone through this encounter, said this, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. I really believe that God wants us to be renewed. He wants us to live that renewed lifestyle. It can only be done by the Holy Spirit. Do you agree? It can only be done by the power of of the Holy Spirit. We sung it earlier, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. And we looked at Saul's encounter on the road to Damascus and looked at some of the things that happened to him. And I guess that we should ask ourselves today, are they happening in our lives? Number one was uh, that he renewed his awareness of the world, how he saw. He was blinded, but then he saw very differently. He saw things in a different way. When, when we're saved, when the Holy Spirit takes hold of our lives, we begin to see the world very, very differently. Uh, we see sin differently. We, wanna, we should be wanting to live for righteousness and having a desire for that. Uh, so our awareness is changed in the world. Number two is that we looked at, it renews our ambitions. Saul's ambitions completely changed. You've got someone who's full-blown terrorist is now wanting to preach the gospel. After three days encounter with Jesus, he goes from persecuting Christians to now preaching the gospel. And it was so amazing that the, the disciples looked at him. It says they're astonished. They were absolutely astonished because a preacher was made in three days. How many of you know that God can transform you, use you, he can do more in three days than you can do in three years? More in 30 years. And some of you today, you've been struggling in your own strength trying to achieve things for God. But I want to just, I've got a word for you today. God can do it in a short space of time. He'll fast track you. Come on. Do you believe that? He'll fast track you by his spirit. I was called into the ministry five years ago. Chadira said, I came in when you were just about to lead the church. I came from a background in business, never even studied at a college in theology. But God called me out, and I knew that he called me. And when he calls you, he appoints you, he anoints you. Come on. 
We've got to be people that are anointed, believe that we're anointed. You know, many years ago, we used to get together as a worship team. The pastor who was here before me, we used to stand before the, the, the worship services as we were about to lead. And he, we used to be praying, say, Lord, anoint us for today. Anoint us for today. And then the pastor would say to me, he says, stop praying that. He says, don't you know you're already anointed? Stop asking God to anoint you for today. We are anointed. We're children of the living God. Come on. We got to believe it. And some of us have lost sight of who we are in Christ. When we understand it, our ambitions in the world will change. And then finally, we looked at that it renews our affiliations, our friendships, our partnerships. You see, what, Saul, what happened with Saul is, you know, he's got a whole group of people around him that he's got people saying, we need to kill these Christians. The next minute, the Christians are his friends. How many of you know when God takes hold of your life, the Holy Spirit fills you, it's going to give you a desire for different partnerships, associations, friends. Some of you are here today. You've been stepping into the wrong territory with the wrong people and they let you down. But I want, I've got some good news for you today. When you stick around, when you meet together and encourage one another, Hebrews 10.25 says this, don't give up meeting together. Come on. We've got to meet together, encourage one another. And as we do our friendships, some of you are saying, I didn't choose to be friends with some of these people. I didn't choose to come to this church and be friends with some of these. But God connects us through the, what, the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. So the Spirit of God will change your awareness, your ambitions, and your affiliations in the world. We look then at John 16 verse 7, where Jesus said this. It's so important we understand that Jesus said he's leaving the Holy Spirit. He's sending the Holy Spirit to us uh, to help us. He said this in verse 7. It's good. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, Jesus said, the advocate will not come to you. The advocate meaning the parakletos, the helper, the comforter, or another just, just like him, will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is essentially saying that my death and resurrection and ascension will give me the ability to send the Holy Spirit. If I don't do this, if I don't take the cup of suffering, if I don't go through with this, the Holy Spirit won't come. So let me tell you, the Holy Spirit was, it was paid at a great price for you to have this gift. And some of us, sometimes we, we get so religious in our faith, we forget that the Holy Spirit wants to help us. He's our senior partner. Come on. He's our senior partner in everyday life, in everything that we're doing. And I want to talk about this whole Transform series, about the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. This part two, the title of this is Receiving the Spirit. We looked at renewing renewed by the Spirit, and this is receiving the Spirit. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1, it says this, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey today. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. That's John the Baptist. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord 
Jesus. Amen. Paul, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Some of you today have probably heard me and others speaking in tongues in this room and thinking, what on earth are they saying? Some of people are thinking, I don't understand what that language is. Let me tell you, this is speaking in tongues. It's what is promised in the Bible. It says this, verse 7, there were about 12 men in all. Don't worry, women, you can be prophets and be filled as well. The Bible talks about that as well. Philip the Evangelist had four unmarried daughters, all prophets. And so there were 12 men here. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul entered the synagogue, it says in verse 8, and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. Sometimes you've got to lead people if they ain't listening. You've got to shake the dust off your feet. Because there's always someone who's willing to listen, amen? He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years. So that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Verse 11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Wow, I love that scripture. Acts 19 verse 11. You know, so if, if, if you think Pentecostals are strange, just read, just read that. Come on, handkerchiefs. If I got a handkerchief out today, people would leave the church. This doesn't fit in with our culture. But this is, this is the Bible. This is Acts. You know, when I got saved, in 2002, I'd been away from the Lord for a, a, a long time. And I got saved and I came back to the Lord. And I'd come from a, a years of, of kind of being distant from God. And getting involved in drugs, getting involved in all manner of things, you know. You could say my life was completely different to the, you know, if some of you, if some of you saw the photographs of me when I was younger, some of the things I used to do, you'd be amazed probably because the Lord did a transformation. The Lord is in the business of transformation. You know, I don't stand here today preaching to you because I managed to do this by my own might and power, but it's only by His Spirit because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, the, I'm a person that's saved by grace, but God transformed my life and I'll never forget, I, I gave my life to Jesus, I heard the gospel and some of you today, you've heard the gospel preached, you've, you've heard messages. But I heard the gospel preached, and, and within just a few weeks, I met a good friend of mine as an evangelist now, and um, preaches all across the world. But at the time, he just got saved about a couple of months before. And he phoned me up and said, I've been praying for you to get saved. And uh, he said, I'm believing God for you, and, and God's, God's answered my prayers. And so he said, I want to meet you. And so at the time, this evangelist, he was working in Aldi on Histon Road. And so I went to meet him, I'll never forget this, drove up to Aldi, waited for him to finish. This is, this is a worldwide evangelist, was working on Histon Road, come on. And, and I, was, I, was, I was there outside waiting for him, and he got in the car after he'd been working there, and sat in the car next to me. And uh, the moment he got in, how many of you know when you see someone on fire for Jesus, you can recognize it? And I looked at him, and I'm expecting him just to start talking all religious to me and saying, it's good you've got saved, and you know which church are you going to... But he sat in the car. And he got in the car and all he could do is speak in tongues. The man was just uncontrollable. 
I'm there sat in a little Peugeot 106. He's sat in the front next to me. And listen, I'm telling you, the fire of God was all over him. And I knew, because I'd recognize as a young boy, I used to go to church. You see, I've got something to tell you. If some of you parents out there, that you've got children, that you believe in God to touch their lives, you believe in God to do something again. How many of you know the work of the Holy Spirit is working even while you're sat here and they're somewhere else? You see, all the years that I was distant from God, going in nightclubs, taking drugs, taking pills, going all over the country, my dad was praying for me. He was praying that God would do something in my life. So you've got to not stop praying. That's a word for someone today. Don't stop praying for your children. My dad kept praying for me, kept believing for me. And I didn't know that the work of the Holy Spirit was always working on the inside. And so when I sat next to my friend who was also once in the drug scene and once probably worse, worse than me in a sense, in the things he got involved in. I sat next to him and looked at him. And I saw someone completely different. And I realized that transformation had took place. Something that cannot be done physically. You can't go to a conference or in the world and try and sort yourself out like this. This was complete turnaround. And I looked at him and I thought, I want that. I don't know about you, but I don't want religion. I don't want church religion. I want the relationship with the Holy Spirit that will transform you. And I looked at him and he said this to me. He says, I'm speaking in tongues now, Phil. I'm like, wow. I said, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I want this. What's my girlfriend going to think? My girlfriend wasn't saved then. She wasn't with me in this, in this meeting. And, and I looked at him and I just said, I said, I, I, want, I want that as well. And he says, well, you can have it. And eventually I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was in a meeting, not dissimilar to this one. And, uh, and, and I, at the end of a service, a guest speaker came in and he came up to me and he said, do you, he says, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I've been praying that God would fill me with the Holy Spirit and I've received the Spirit. And then he said, do you want to be filled? I said, yes, I do. And he prayed for me. He said this to me, he says, he said, you have been walking in darkness, he didn't know nothing about me, he says, you walked in darkness, he says, God is going to call you out of that place, because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fool the enemy, you're going to fool the enemy for what he's done over your life, and he never again will, will he snatch you again, and he says this word to me, and then he prayed for me, and I know that everyone else was speaking in tongues who were filled with the Spirit, because it's, I, I kind of saw that in the church. But as he prayed for me, I'm like, well, I'm not speaking. It's not automatically just took over me. But I realized something, and I realized to this day that to speak in tongues requires faith. It's a faith action. If I told you to turn the tap on, the water, the pressure is in the pipes. It's there already. It's there, and God can fill you up. He will put the pressure on the inside of you. It's like a well that will spring up from the inside of you. But you have to turn the tap. You've got to open the valve. If you don't open the valve, you'll not see it come out. The pressure will be there. And the Lord says, I want you to open that up. Some of you are filled with the Holy Spirit already and you won't speak in tongues because you're embarrassed to. The Bible says that speaking in tongues will edify you. It will build you up. And let me tell you, it does. Many times when I've gone through some of the darkest seasons, you want to come in my car with me. You think Songs is good? You think Bethel's good? I make my own songs. I sing in the Spirit. I tell you, the power of God fills my car many times. When I sing in the Spirit, sing a tongue, and I don't know what I'm singing, but I know something inside of me begins to, to turn. Something begins to change, and I'm able to walk through some of the darkest seasons. Let me tell you, if you think you don't need tongues, 
I encourage you. It's an amazing gift that the Bible says will edify you. Hallelujah. Come on. I want you to be open today to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I can't make you speak in tongues. I can't force you to do anything, but you have to open your mouth. I remember when he prayed for me, he put his hand on my chest and he speaks to me, prays. He said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, what's happening? I'm not speaking. I'm not. And I realized as I stood there, but I felt something inside. I wanted to speak, but I didn't know how to do it. So I just began to say the odd word. Just said, kept repeating a word. And I walked out of the church that day. Do you know the first thing that happened to me when I got up Monday morning, went to work. I just, I had all these voices of the enemy saying to me, that wasn't God, it was the flesh. It's you. It's you. How many of you know that if you step out in healing, you step out in a prophetic word, you do any, anything and operate in the gifts of the Spirit, the enemy will always come and tell you, that's you, it's not God. And that's what happens. So it's the same with tongues. The moment you step out, the reason why the devil doesn't want you to be encouraged and edified, he, he wants to attack this, is because you'll be encouraged and edified. And so he'll attack you and say, it's your flesh. So do you know what I did? I got to work. I'd not said much at the front of the church. So I'm not looking today for people to say a full vocabulary of new words. I'm just saying that God wants to fill people. And you've got to open your mouth. Come on. There's some people who, you've been praying in this room for this. And you've got to be open to this today. And, uh, and I remember the next day, I was cutting some stuff up at work. I used to work in artwork and things. I'm, I'm cutting these things up. And I stood in this room. And, and I said, Lord, I don't believe that was the flesh. Something happened inside of me. And I, and I felt the Holy Spirit all over me. Something inside of me. And I said, God, I want to do it again. So I just began to speak out in this cutting room. And I began to speak out. And then a word came. The more I said, the more it added on. And the more that flowed. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't stop it. Uh, it began to flow. Now, it is controlled and it is stoppable. But what I'm trying to say is it was like a well. It flowed from the inside. And I've got something to say to some people today. When you open your mouth, he will fill it. He will fill it. Stop trying to think in your own brain and how it all works. It's in the spirit. It's not your brain. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work the same way. And I want you to be open today to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? What happens to us when we receive the Holy Spirit? I want to bring some points out of this scripture in Acts chapter 19. Because here we've got Paul going through Ephesus, modern day Turkey. And he's going through and he meets some believers, these 12 men. Meets them all and says, you know, what baptism did you receive? And talks about the Holy Spirit. And they say this to him. They say, we, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Number one is this. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we encounter him to know differently. We encounter him to know differently. Paul asked them, did you receive, verse 2, the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. That is a gift from God that they didn't even know that they got. They didn't even know. That's why we're called to be evangelists. That's why we're called to spread the good news. Because some people won't know until you tell them about him. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, when, what baptism did you receive? You know, some of us, some of us right now, we've been Christians for years and we kind of ignore this and we, some of us don't even know that the Holy Spirit is available to us. The things he can do in our lives. So what we do is we settle and think, do you know what, it's, it all, it's a bit too complicated, it's a bit too out of my natural zone 
So I'm going to park that one and I'm just going to be religious. I'll let them be super spiritual and I'm going to be religious. Some of us miss out. Some of us don't even know. Today you're here, you didn't even know that the Holy Spirit was available to you. You know, I, earlier on this year, six months ago when I joined the gym, I signed up, paid the money to, to join up the gym and got my online special deal and, and per month. Sign up to this deal. Within about four months, I'm into the deal. I discover that all the way into four months, there was classes included. How many of you seen the classes at the gym? I mean, working in the gym is one thing, but when you see the classes, the, the, the work that they tend to do in there, and I'm looking through these classes thinking, oh, they pay extra money, till I realized one day that I already paid, that the classes were for me. The only thing is I cho- chose not to go to them because most of them were women in there. I didn't want to walk in. You know, when, when you walk into a spinning class and 90% of them are women, I, 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 instead I went up to them and I said, can I have my money back? I said, can I have a reduction? They gave me a reduction instead. I've got no problem with women, but, you know, I just didn't want to walk in there when they all seemed so passionate. And I didn't want to be shown up either. But some of us, we, we don't understand that the inheritance... The contract, the payment, Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sin, but also to put the same spirit that raised him from the dead inside of you. There was a cost for that. The contract was paid with his blood. And some of us, we don't realize and we reject that. Some of us don't even know this. We don't walk in the spirit like we're supposed to do. We miss out on all the attributes of the Holy Ghost. And some of us, we, we, we signed up to the contract with God, but we didn't realize this was available. Do you know, it's the biggest lie of the enemy to tell you that the Holy Spirit, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that healings, miracles, raising of the dead won't happen today. It's wrong. It's a lie from hell. It's a lie from hell. Satan wants us to think it was for then. I don't want the book of Acts. I want more than Acts. Come on. I want to see Cambridge, I want to see people going out from here, evangelists, prophets, changing the territory. Come on. Changing the landscape of this place. You say, oh no, you're, you're a big dreamer. You're a big, no, I'm not a big dreamer. I believe in the word of God. I believe in the word of God. When we encounter him, when we encounter Jesus, when we encounter the Holy Spirit... We will know differently. Oh, you know what? Oh, but I've got lots of knowledge. I know my theology. You can know as much theology as you want. But do you know him? You can know as much as you want. I know there's a lot of people that I wouldn't like to get in a debate with over theology. Because they know more than I do. But I'm not scared by them. I don't get scared by someone who knows more than I do about the Bible. I'm just like, Lord, just keep doing what you're doing with me. I don't care. I'm learning as I go along. And even when I get to 80, 90, and even when I die, at the end of the day, I'm never going to know anything because I'm always teachable. I'm always learning. Come on. Some of us get so worried about stepping out for God because, oh, but what if people know more than I do? You don't need to know anything. You need to just know Him. Know Him. Know him, then you'll know differently. It's, it's possible to believe in God and not receive everything he has. Did you know that? You can know God, they knew, 
They'd received John's baptism. They'd been out into the desert. So they'd been to church. Walked out in the desert, listened to his preaching. Been baptized into John's baptism of repentance. Then they'd gone back, tootled back to Ephesus. They'd, they'd been to the message. They'd been to the sermon. But some of us can hear things and miss out on the rest. That's why it's good to meet together and keep being in church to hear the fullness of God's word. The fullness of what he has for you. Some of us, we just, we potter in every, every four weeks. And some of us are like, oh, I didn't realize that was on. Didn't you get the mailer? Didn't you get the memo? No, I, I, was, I was away. I just felt I needed a break. Listen to me. I'm not t- saying that you need to, 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 to be saved. You've got to attend every week. But you've got to be hungry for Jesus. I mean, sometimes it's not about attendance. It's about hunger. Are we hungry for the things of God? The same people want to know what the will of God is for their life. Can I meet with you? I want to understand what's going on in this trial this season. I've not seen him for four weeks. What's the will of God for my life? We'll spend some time with him and come. Get integrated and understand what his will is for your life. His will is to die. Daily. Die daily. Hallelujah. Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism replied. Do you know they had something from God, but not everything from God. They had something. Some of you got something from God, but you've not got everything. He wants you to have the fullness of his spirit. The fullness of everything in your life. And the problem is that sometimes what happens is, when we're in this, in this season of vulnerability where we kind of have a little bit from God, but we don't have the fullness of everything that he has available to us, we're in a vulnerable place because we can end up receiving the wrong thing. I don't know about you, but I, in my house, when I'm in there in the week, I take deliveries for, more deliveries for our neighbors than I do for myself. Some, I get all excited sometimes when someone walks down the pathway with a huge box. I'm like, praise God, who sent me that? Number three, you're not in. Can we just, can you sign this? And I've signed more things. I've started signing Donald Duck. (laughs) Have you noticed? As much as I try to do my signature on one of those electronic pads, I cannot do it. So I just decide I'll do a squiggle. I do all different things every time. But I receive parcels. And some of these parcels, do you know what? I have absolutely no idea what's in them. The only reason I trusted the parcel to come into my home is because the guy's got an Amazon outfit on or whatever he's got on. DPD. I trusted him. So I, I, I put this parcel in the house and I'm walking around. The, my boys are saying, what's that, Dad? A crate of 24 pack of wine. No, it's not mine. It's, it's number threes. Dad, is everything okay? No, it's not mine. You said that last time, Dad. No, it's not mine. And it sat there. I, sometimes I've had two, three boxes sat at the bottom of the stairs, huge. Can't get up the stairs sometimes for boxes because people are away and, and they leave it with me. And do you know what happens sometimes in our lives is that we don't receive the fullness of everything God has because we're receiving the things that don't belong to us. We're populating our lives. The, the space in our lives is populated with stuff that you're receiving that you didn't ever should, you shouldn't have even ever received. 
And it's taking up your space. It's taking up your life. And some of you right now, you're not full of the Holy Spirit, full of everything God wants you to do. And and walking in that direction and walking the Spirit because you can't walk because you're tripping over boxes. He says, I want to fill you. Stop signing for things. Stop receiving the wrong stuff. Come on, say, God, I'm going to give myself space. Put the phone down for once. I got scared the other day when it said how much screen time I'd spent on my mobile phone. Someone's got to put them things down. Throw them in the bin. Put it down. Make room. Make room for the Holy Ghost. When's the last time you sat down with a cup of coffee instead of your phone and said, Holy Spirit, come and have a coffee with me and sit with me. Come on. I've started to do that. I started to say, God, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to listen. Listen to what do you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Come on. Someone's got to clear the clutter. Get rid of it out of our lives. The Ephesian disciples, they weren't misinformed, they were uninformed. They weren't misinformed. They weren't misinformed. What they had was good, but they'd not got everything. And so Paul explains to them, he says, John's baptism, verse 4, was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is, in Jesus. Do you know what's amazing, what I find? When, he, when, when, when Paul gets to them, he says, you know, what baptism did you receive? They said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. You know, we received John's baptism. What I hear here is that they, they, kind of, they went and heard John preach, but they kind of went to part one of his message, but they missed part two. Maybe, maybe part one, John didn't mention about Jesus. Maybe part one, he didn't mention about the one coming after him. Maybe he didn't mention that at the time when they received. They received his baptism. Some of us, we don't hear the fullness. They missed the podcast. Paul says, I'm going to give you a catch-up. This is what he also said. John's repentance was talking about Jesus. Did you, did you know, did you not get part two? Oh no, we were away on holiday in Turkey. We missed that one. What, what happened? You can get it on catch-up. Matthew chapter 3, go and, go and look. Catch-up says this, Matthew, Matthew 3 verse 11 says, I baptize you, John the Baptist said this, with water for pre- repentance. This is in preaching. This is part two of his message that they miss. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on. They missed the podcast. They missed it. Oh, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, you get, you get to church every week and you'll know. Oh, but it's a long way to the desert. Long way. They just stuck to what they knew. And so what happens is here, they, they discover that actually, what? John said that as well? Oh, we missed that. John said that there's someone coming after him. Yeah, and in, in John chapter 1, 29, it talks about when, when, when John the Baptist, the next day after he said that, so they missed the third part of the series as well. The next day it says, in John 1, 29, it says, look, the Lamb of God. Come on, if you'd have been at part three and not having a holiday in Turkey, you'd have heard, you'd not only heard who was coming after, but you'd have seen him. 
Look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Come on. They missed it. They missed it. But how many of you know God always chases after you? Oh, some of you, you, you missed it. But you're here today for a reason. Because just as he was walking through Ephesus, and he just happened, it was, it was a God appointment. Because God always brings you to a season in your life. You look back and think, oh, I didn't realize. I just stuck to what I knew. But God says to you today, I brought you to this point, this season in time. You're here right now to receive more of what I have for you. Hallelujah. Come on, do you believe it? Don't just stick to the good that you know. Come on, look to the spirit who you can know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, but, but, but you know, my Christian, my Christian life's working all nice. I got, I got my reading. I, got, I do everything and everything's in position. I do my prayer life. I give every week. And I, I go to church. I go to, you're telling me I don't go to church? I go to church every week. I missed one. I am devout. I'm, a, I'm serving the Lord. I read my, I've read my Bible once in a year. Have you? Have you done it in a year? Have you read all the translations? People have got it all together, but they don't follow the leading of the Spirit. So religious. Come on. I'll tell you someone who was like this. Exact scenario. Cornelius, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, it says that Cornelius was a God-fearing, devout man. God-fearing and devout. He gave generously. And he prayed. He did everything. Oh, he gave. He, he gifted it as well, probably. He gave. He prayed. He loved God. He, he feared God. He was devout. Everything was all lined up. He's got all the, everything's all there. But listen to this. Just catch this. I find it amazing. Because in Acts chapter 10, there's an amazing story. Completely different thing. But in Acts chapter 10, amazing story because all of a sudden, one day, an angel appears. You know, he's got everything lined up. And then all of a sudden, boom, encounter. An angel appears. Boom, yeah. The angel comes. Angels, like, I've been hearing, you know, God's heard your prayers, seen your giving and all this. But listen, you've you got you to give Simon, you've got to give Peter a ring. Is it Simon the Tanners? Give him a call. I know, I know you've got everything. I know you think you've got everything. Everything's good that you're doing. But listen, listen to me here. The heaven sends an angel. This is how important it is to him. To God. That heaven sends an angel to meet him to change him even more. Now, he's, God, God could look up upon him and say, you know, my good and faithful servant Cornelius, he doesn't need much more. Look at him. He's pretty, he's pretty good as he is. But no, this is, this is how much God wants people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he sends an angel. This is how important it is. Imagine in heaven. I need an angel. Who's going to go to Cornelius's? 
Why? Why do we need to go there? We've got to go to Cornelius because we've got to, we've got to show him that there is more. There's more. Oh, is he not found out yet? No, he's one of those. He's not found out yet. He didn't know. We're going to tell him. Because there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's more. We've got, we got to send an angel. So the angel shows up. And, and says this to him, you've got you to find it. So he sends a hunt for, for Peter. But isn't this amazing that Peter is on the rooftop. He gets a vision, prophetic vision, spiritual gifts in action through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So now you've got this happening. You've got someone in a different area receiving a prophetic vision. You've got an angel showing up somewhere else. All for one person in the family to receive the Holy Ghost. And you tell me it's not important. It was important to heaven. In fact, when Peter receives the vision in Acts chapter 10, it wasn't just for Cornelius. It was for you. Angel, an angel came to Cornelius' house and a vision came to Peter to make sure you find out that there's a Holy Spirit and that this is available to you today. Hallelujah. Heaven sent. It did its best. Let me tell you today is a divine appointment for some people. Here who are hungry and thirsty and say, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to speak in tongues. I want to see God use me in my life. You will know differently. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4 to 5, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit to come. So this is, this is later on and Jesus Resurrected Jesus, he appears to them before he sends. And he says, don't leave Jerusalem. It's important. Don't leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. He spoke a lot about it in the book of John. You read it. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He came to tell them this. He came to explain. He said, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait. Wait here. I want to just say to you today, don't leave out of your faith what you need to live your faith. Don't leave out of your faith what you need to live your faith. Because God wants to give you his spirit. And some of us, we're leaving Jerusalem. We're saying, no, I'm not interested. I'm leaving at the end of this. I'm getting home and I'm sticking to my normality. Come on, we need the extra, we need the more, we need the supernatural, we need the spirit of God, we need the fire of God. Some of you have not been here before, you're thinking he's shouting a bit, it's because I'm passionate. I'm passionate, why? Because God has not just sent me all week to read the word of God and bring a message to you just to go home and say, oh that was a nice message. I don't, I don't. If if two people, if one person today grabs hold of this, come on, and the fire of God gets hold of them, it's infectious, let me tell you. If it can get on handkerchiefs, it can get on you. Come on. If it can get on handkerchiefs, it's going to get on you. It's going to get on you. It's going to get on you and you. Hallelujah. Jesus. Cool. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Without Jesus, without Jesus and what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago, there would have been no angel in Cornelius' house, no vision on the rooftop, no time for prayer. Peter would have been fishing still, feeling depressed. Without Jesus, none of it would have been. But he did it for a purpose so that you could know differently. Hallelujah. Point two. Some of you thought that was the end. I'll be as quick as I can. Point two. We're not, we're we're also enabled by him, listen, to speak differently. Not just know differently, to speak differently. To speak differently. It says this, Acts 19 verse 6, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Hallelujah. Listen, last week we looked at Saul. In three days, he's a preacher that astonished people. You know, it's like, he's not even been to Bible college. He just spent three days in the presence of God. Yeah, in the presence of God, you'll achieve a lot. Now, now we got, you, you know, he's, he gets to these believers who, who didn't go to church and miss, miss John's, you know, sessions on what, who, what's coming after. They didn't understand. They didn't know. But even so, he prays for them, places his hands upon them. And the Holy Spirit fills them. You see, the Holy Spirit's not going to stop and say, hang on, I'm not going to fill this person today because they, they're not been attending church for a few weeks. See, some of you are sat there right now and saying, you know, I've not been too good. There's a bit of sin in my life right now. I've got to get myself just in that right place. Then I'll be ready to receive. There's never a good time. There's never a good time. You, you're ready now. You're ready now. Oh, no, but when I've understood it a little bit more, when I understand what God really wants, no, 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 there's never a, a time. It's always, they were stood there, we didn't even know, we missed it. We, we, listen, let me play, place my hands. He places his hands. The Holy Spirit fills them. They speak in another language. Just as we read in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost, they speak in a new language. But then it says they prophesy. How many of you know when God gets hold of you, it might not just be your preaching, but God's going to change your language. Some of you need to, to wash your mouths, let me tell you. Do you know what? I'm, I'm so amazed sometimes. I hear some Christians, some of the vocabulary that come into the Christian circles these days. People using words that I just think, I can't believe you even say that. Now, God's gracious. But let me tell you, you know when you're saying something that doesn't sound nice. Come on. Stop it. You know it. I know when I said something that's not good. And some of us need to watch our tongue, you know. Now, he'll give us new languages, but also, I believe this, when the Holy Spirit gets hold of you, he's going to change the way you speak. You're going to feel bad. (laughs) Saying things about people, using gossip, speaking. Your integrity is going to inflame. It's going to be even better. It's going to be better for God because... The Holy Spirit is upon you. You're no longer backstabbing at work and speaking about that person behind the back. Because the Holy Spirit's got hold of you. Come on. Some of us, we, we, we come to church and it's like we get there on Monday and think, oh, God doesn't really see me. I can say what I like. I want to join in with the crowd. Your language will change. 
Some of you right now, your language has got worse again. It's starting to step into the same vocabulary as the unbelievers. You've got to ask yourself a question. Am I on fire for the Lord? What has happened? What have I received? What have I signed up to here? What has come into my house? Ask yourself. Because he'll enable you to speak differently. I'm, I'm moving house this week and I was clearing out the loft the other week and I found some books and I was going through some of the books I got set up in the loft. It's amazing what you find in the loft, isn't it? I was looking for treasure, but there's just none there. I'm, I'm flicking through stuff and I, I found... I found my Lonely Planet French phrase book. I looked, I remember just when I used to speak French so fluently. You've never heard me, have you? Je m'appelle Philippe. As you can see, I spent quite a bit of time in the loft. Je m'appelle Philippe. J'habite Cambridge. And I knew that's the only, only language book. It was the only time when I was younger I traveled and I got a little language book. This Lonely Planet Guide. And I also, I, I learned a few phrases and then I just, I quit. I just thought, there's, there's only one phrase I'm learning. It's je ne comprends pas. Some of you are laughing, you don't even know what that means. I don't understand it means. If you just got that one, then you can get away with everything. And... I had this Lonely Planet guy and I'm looking at it and I realized that I got a French phrase book. But, you know, listen to me. When the Holy Spirit gets hold of you and fills you and you're consumed by him and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you speak in a new tongue, you don't need a book. You don't need the phrase book, the Christian phrase book for church. You don't need to find out, oh, I heard Sue say that word on the third line on Sunday. I want to learn what she says. In fact, I'm going to get there on Sunday. When we get to the end of the song, I'm going to repeat what she said. I'm going to write that. That, that one sounded quite spiritual. I'm going to write that one. And, and, and it's not something you copy. You don't get a book for this. The only book that you need to read is the Word of God. But listen. The Spirit of God comes upon you and He will deposit in you a phrase book and you will speak it and you don't need your brain to make it work. You just need to flow in the Holy Spirit and let it flow from your innermost being. Because listen to me, He will change you and you will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Look at me. I mean, if you knew what I was like. I mean, I have to show you some of the photos when I was younger. I invented sins. I used to go around the country. I was in nightclubs. I was doing drugs. So was my friend who introduced me to the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I, I did some things and my language, my language was perverse. Even when I got saved, people in the office used to remind me, say, remember when you said that? And they used to remind me of the jokes I said with swear words in. I'm like, that's not me anymore. Stop it. And they used to remind me of all the profanities I used to say. So don't think that I come from this, this background that I'm super spiritual, pastor. No, I've come from a background where my, my voice, my mouth, my tongue, I said some nasty things, lied, cheated. God transformed me. Because when His Spirit filled me, He didn't just give me a new language so I can sound spiritual. He changes me. 
It's not about just a new language so you sound spiritual, so it covers up your sin. He gives you a new language because you've been born into a family. You're a citizen of heaven. He's going to give you a language. You're going to begin to speak this. And sometimes when deep cries the deep, and listen to me, if you want to hear me speak in tongues, you ain't heard nothing here. Come in my car with me. When I've gone through a bad season, or I'm going through a difficult season, listen, I don't have to wait for the next Hillsong or Bethel album to come out. Because some of us do. Oh, I'm getting a little bit tired of this album now, them songs. It's just not doing it for, it, doing it for me anymore. It's just, it just, just don't get me anymore. You've listened to it that many times. Listen, you are not supposed to listen to tracks to try and get you to feel good. I like the, the songs, but I like my own songs better. Why? And that's not blowing my own trumpets because it comes from the Spirit. So when I'm in the car, I like... I listen to some of this stuff, but sometimes I just I cry out in the spirit. Some of you are saying, I don't need this. I don't. You do. The Bible says that when you speak in tongues, it will edify you and build you up. Wow. Do you think you need it now? Yeah. Because who needs building up? Who needs edifying? Who needs strengthening? And, and so when you receive this, it's not something that sounds good. But you are going to begin when you're going through tough seasons and dark seasons and everything, Satan and hell is coming against you, that you don't need to just stick on a track on an album. You need to sing in the Spirit. Listen, the devil doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And he doesn't want me to tell you this. Why? Because he knows if you begin to do it, you're going to get in. Spiritual warfare is going to take place. Listen, you've got to step into this. And, and I'm telling you right now, some of you are saying, I don't know if it's, it's for me. It is for you. It's for everyone. Everyone. Hallelujah. We're enabled to speak differently. In Acts chapter 2 verse 4, he says, all of them, they reckon 120 approximately in that upper room, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as what? The Spirit enabled them. So the Spirit, it doesn't say the, as the Spirit forced them. As the Spirit enabled them. What does that mean? That means if He enables you, then you have to do something. You have to, guess what? Open your mouth and He will fill it. Like, what? I have to do something? Yes, you do. You have to open your mouth and He will fill it. One of the best Things I try to describe to people, it's very hard sometimes to explain it, a spiritual thing that happens. But I always say this, that if, if God has, has, has given you that ability, the, if you see the water in a pipe and you turn the tap on, the pressure's there. He, he fills you. He fills you as we lay hands upon people. He'll fill you and it will come upon you. This morning I, I prayed and laid my hands upon a young lady, felt the Lord say to me, it's, it, I'm filling her right now from the bottom of her toes all the way up her body. And I watched her, and this, it was like a pressure building inside her. She came out and just said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hunger, faith. thought, God's going to meet you. Be ready. And, 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 and as I prayed for her, you could see, and all of a sudden, uncontrollably, she just releases it because of the pressure. Now listen to me. God needs you to open the tap. You've got to turn the valve to release it. You've got to open your mouth and use your tongue. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean you're going to come out with all the words straight away. 
But you may just say one word. You may repeat that one word. But I want to encourage you today. If it's one word, just open your mouth and he'll begin to fill it. The vocabulary will build. Now, when I did this many years ago, someone prayed for me and I, I was praying and saying, God, fill me with your spirit. And I came to a service just like this. And I come out at the end and the, the man who was preaching did not know that I wanted to be filled with all this spirit. He didn't know that that was my desire. It was a different kind of prayer response. But I've been praying and I came to the front and he just came up to me and he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I began to just repeat one word. And I, and, and I must admit, when I left the church, the first thing that happens is because anytime you operate in faith, the enemy comes in to try and kill that faith. So as I left, I felt, this is the flesh. This is me. So that's the thing that's going to happen. You're going to say in your own mind, that is not God, it's my flesh. And so I left and I got to work the next day. And all I'd been saying is just this like kind of one word. And, and I was in work, working away. And as I was working, I just felt something rise up inside of me. It was the Spirit of God to say, it wasn't the flesh, it was me. Speak again. And so as I was working and I was in this room cut, cutting some paper, I used to do artwork and things. And doing this cutting on this mat, and no one else was in the room. And I just said, God, I'm going to do it again. So I opened my mouth, began to repeat the word I said in church. All of a sudden, the more I said, the more came, the more flowed. And all of a sudden, I began. And I'm stood there at work the day after the church service. And I'm speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Come on. The same can happen for you right now. You might say, oh, I've been out before. I, I, I said one word. Listen, you've got to open your mouth. Some of you have all, probably already been filled, but you never open your mouth. I want to encourage you today to open your mouth and let him fill you. Have faith to receive it. Paul, listen, Paul did not enable them. He introduced the Spirit to them. The Spirit enabled them. It's the difference. He introduces, he says, you not heard about the Holy Spirit? Places his hands upon them, Holy Spirit flows through him, but the Spirit enables them, not Paul. So remember that. But it's interesting, is it, because what we see here what we see in, these, in this instance is that actually, both in Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius and in this situation with Paul in Acts chapter 19, have you noticed that people are involved in the laying on of hands, or should I say, people are involved in releasing the Holy Spirit to come upon people? Now, the interesting thing is in Acts chapter 10, in Cornelius' house, no hands are laid, but he speaks and the Spirit fills them. And so what we see here is that people are involved. And some of us sometimes, we're like, I, I, I'm filled with, I can be filled with the Spirit on my own at home, thank you very much. I don't need you. I don't need what you have to offer. I can do this all on my own. Well, maybe you can and maybe God, God can do a lot of things. But the biblical principles are that we receive in faith, same as if you come out for healing. We receive in faith by coming and letting people lay their hands upon them. There's something significant about the laying on of hands. There's power. God told us to do this. You know, when I'm moving house this week, I did, I, I've sorted out this week one of the most important things to do. That's get my broadband fitted before I arrive. Virgin are going to be there before I get in. High speed as well. And so I, I phoned them up and they said, I said, first of all, can I check the postcode that I'm moving to, does it receive virgin cable? It does, sir. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Not fiber optic. Now I want cable. 200 meg speed for you, sir. And I said, well, what's the deal? He said, well, 
He said, we'll, we'll send an engineer. They said, this, we'll send the best engineer we've got. I thought, I bet you said that to everyone. Send the best engineer we've got. They're going to meet you there. They'll, they'll meet you at the property. And they'll bring the kit. And they'll get you connected, sir. And the engineer will show you what to do. And they'll get, Listen, I need the engineer and I need the kit. The source is there. Jesus paid the price on the cross. The contract's paid. Everything's been done for you. It's, it's there. The service is provided for you. For you to have the Holy Ghost. It's there. But you sometimes have to let people and have faith in other people to let them help you get connected to the right thing. And just like I've got to put my trust in the best engineer from Virgin, some of you have got to put your trust in other people who are saying, preaching the message. That when they lay hands upon you, they will introduce you and something will occur to let the Spirit enable you. Now, it's not always in laying on of hands that, you know, we're talking a lot about here about that the Holy Spirit will change the way you speak. You'll speak differently. Yeah? Now, it's interesting because in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44 to 46, we looked at this a minute ago with Peter when he goes to Cornelius' house. Another example now. So the angel's been, he's had the vision. He's now arrived and gets there. He gets to Cornelius' house and he's preaching to him. He's sharing with the family. And then in verse 44, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, he didn't place his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. We got it again. People astonished again. Astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them what? Speaking in tongues and praising God. It's an evidential thing. When you see people speak in tongues, you know something is taking place. You see all the way through the Bible. Why do you think Simon the sorcerer wanted to pay them? Because he was known as, you know, he had the great power of God. He, he, he knew he could do things and astound people. But when he did what he did, he still wanted because he saw something that he'd never seen before. I believe he saw them speaking in tongues. He saw something. He said, I want that. He says this, that while Peter spoke, the Holy Spirit came on all of them. Now listen to me. When the Holy Spirit gets hold of you, just forget tongues for a moment. Because listen, it says that they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Let me tell you, not only tongues, but they prophesied. God will give you the ability for the Spirit of God to carry on your voice when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. You want the gift of prophecy, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So that when you speak, you speak and utter the things of God, the mysteries of God. You carry, you carry the voice of God on your breath. Now listen, Peter's there in verse 44, and it says, while he's still speaking, he's preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on them, all of them. I imagine what Peter's thinking, hang on a minute, we've not even got to the bit of laying on the hands. People are getting filled. What's going on? This is, my, my voice is causing this. What I'm preaching about, listen to, do you realize that there's such thing as anointing, pre, anointed preaching? Because that's what was happening. He was preaching. The power of God touched them. And so he's like, hang on, we've not even got to the laying on a hands altar call. And everyone's getting filled. Everyone started speaking in tongues. No one can hear me anymore. Everyone's praising God. 
Praise Jesus. Now, get this. When God gets hold of someone like Peter, listen to me. What he does is this, and he'll do it with you. Some of you right now are saying, I'm not good enough to be used by God and for my voice to be used to utter prophecies, to be used in prophetic gifts or to speak in tongues. I just need to get my life sorted out first and get the sin out of my life. Then God's Spirit can move in me. So what we do is Satan gets us into this place where we feel like we cannot speak for God, preach for God, prophesy or speak in tongues because we just got to get ourselves a little bit more spiritual. Do you know what, Peter? Peter's speaking, and some, I don't know if, if, you're, if you're like me, but I'm, I'm thinking about Peter thinking, wow, he's already spoken in Acts chapter 3, and thousands have got saved. Now he's in Cornelius' house. People are getting filled with the Holy Spirit as he speaks. This is the same man who lied about Jesus three times. The very tongue that, that, that denied Christ and lied about Jesus, saying, I don't know him, is now carrying the Spirit of God. Can I tell you something? Some of you right now in this room, you've been using your tongue with profanities. you said things. Your, your integrity has been failing. You've been saying things in gossip behind people's backs. You're saying right now, I don't know whether I could be used. Listen, God will use lying tongues because He's a God of restoration. If He can use His lying tongue to see people filled with the Holy Spirit, imagine what He's going to do with your tongue. Hallelujah. Now some of us, that doesn't mean we just have to keep lying and, and, and being like that. In, in, in the book of James, it talks about taming the tongue. So it's good. Can fresh water and salt water flow? Is it James chapter 3 verse 11? Flow from the same spring. No. It can't. So that means we've got to bridle our tongue. We've got to watch prophets in the room. People who want to prophesy. Don't just get over the mic, but then be going... Tomorrow to work and speaking in gossip about people. You've got to watch your mouth. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, the gifts and callings come from God. They're irrevocable. However, I really believe we need to live holy and live righteous and respect what God has given us. Your tongue can be used in a powerful way. I love that. That the very fact that as he begins to speak, the same tongue that denied God, denied Christ, now carries the very breath. Of God into the room. Satan's trying to silence people's voices here. Some of you have stopped speaking. You, stop, you used to prophesy. You used to give words of knowledge. You used to hear from God and speak, but now your confidence is gone because the devil's told you that your voice, you've said things, you've done things, you've used it in a bad way. Listen to me. God will use you again. In John chapter 21, he reinstates Peter, and when he reinstates him, what does he say? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. What does that mean? It means speak to them. You feed the sheep with words. That's what Jesus did. He went around the lost sheep. He went around teaching them, didn't he? Fed them with his mouth. Jesus reused a lying tongue. He didn't just revive his tongue. He renewed his tongue to speak. Even Saul, as we looked at last week, the terrorist of the day. It says, Acts chapter 9, verse 1, he didn't just go around hurting people. It says this, Saul was breathing murderous threats out against the Lord's disciples. Wow. This sounds a bit harsh. Would God use a man who breathes murderous threats? 
Yes, because later on in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, in the King James Version, it says, Paul says, my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and power. It's interesting because when we use that and quote it a lot, we talk a lot lot about preaching and then it's almost like demonstration of powers in addition. He's talking a lot about his own speech, that the, the, the power of his speech, the demonstration of God in his speech as well as in action. He would have healed people. But there's actually something of in, you know, this is not my wise words, that when I'm speaking in a room, it's a demonstration of the Spirit's power on my breath. The very same man who breathed murderous threats. God is raising transformed voices, anointed voices. Listen to me. When God appoints you, He anoints you. He will anoint you to speak with power. And finally, number three, we're not just we're not just enabled by the Spirit to speak in another tongue, but we're empowered. Empowered by Him to act differently. You're going to know differently you're going to speak differently and you're going to act differently if you're a believer in Christ and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. You will act differently. Some of you right now are saying, I've just been normal. Listen, you need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Oh, but, I, you know, I'm just happy as I No, you're not. Come on. Who just wants, who wants to just keep attending church every week and just doing the church thing? God didn't call you to sit on the sidelines. He did not call you to sit here and do absolutely nothing but sing a few songs and go home. He called you to be a light. He called you to be salt. Come on. So that when you go into your workplaces, wherever you go, you shine bright. It's not hidden under a bushel. It shines bright. And when you act differently, people will see it. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11, just after Paul's had his time of persuasive arguments with him for three months, and he says, I'm giving up, I'm out of here. Some of them won't. They tried to publicly malign the way. They didn't want this. Some people won't want what you have to say. Some people you'll speak, and even the Spirit of God will be flowing from you, and they will shut their ears to it. Won't produce the fruit, because they're hard of hearing. He moves on. But then he says, verse 11, I love this. It doesn't, you'd think everything gets a bit discouraging. He, he spent three months trying to argue and persuasively. They publicly maligned the way. You'd think he'd be discouraged. You'd think he'd go in a season of, you know what? I'm giving up on all this Christianity business. I've tried. I tried arguing with them. I tried to, to, to see and none, none of this power worked for them. I saw 12 people get filled with all this spirit. Spent three months and everyone's arguing. They don't want this. But verse 11, he changes. It says this. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick. And their illnesses were cured. And the evil spirits left them. When we act differently, we'll see the extraordinary. Come on. When we act differently, we'll see the extraordinary. You've got to be prepared to step out in faith and act for God. He'll empower you. You, The Bible says you'll be clothed with power from on high. Wow. Do you believe that today? Do you really believe that you, when you're filled with the Spirit, are clothed 
with power from on high. We're empowered. Do you know Acts chapter 19 verse 11? When I first got saved, I, I used to read Acts and I read that and I used to love Acts 19 verse 11. Because I thought, wow, God, you allow your spirit to reside on handkerchiefs and aprons? So I went to John Lewis and I bought myself a couple of handkerchiefs. I did actually buy a pack of two handkerchiefs. White handkerchiefs, I remember buying them. I read the Bible. How many of you know if the Bible says it, it means it? It's true. Come on. This is not a waste, so I bought the handkerchiefs. And I believed that God would use these handkerchiefs to heal people. And so I got them, and I remember reading Acts 19 11, thinking, Lord, use me, and I want to see someone get healed with an handkerchief. And so I bought an handkerchief, had it ready until the moment came. And then someone, someone in, uh, in my workplace, they said, uh, they, it's my boss, he, his girlfriend who lived in America, he said her dad, or some relation, I think it was her dad at the time, was ill with the problem in his brain. And so I heard this, and I was sat in the office, and in fact, at the time, they'd heard that people were getting healed at our church. So I went up into his office one day, and I kind of so fearfully walked into his office with my Bible to show him Acts 19, 11. And I said, can I, can I borrow you for a minute? He says, yeah, yeah. And he saw me with the Bible, and he nearly froze. And I opened it up, <laughs> and I said, I want to just show you something. You know, you know you said about this person who's ill, I said, I said, I believe that God can, can heal. I said, and so I, I said, I want to show you something because I know that the person's not here, so I want to do something. Is it possible that the Bible says, because I thought if I tell him that I've got a handkerchief, he'll think I'm weird. So I've got to show him it's in the Bible. Then he won't think I'm weird. So I got my Bible and I just said, it says in the Bible in Acts 19 verse 11 that people had handkerchiefs and they, you know, they saw people get healed. And so... I get the Bible, and I show him the scripture. And then he says to me this, he says, yeah, that's possible. He says, have you got the handkerchief? So yeah, I says, yeah, I've got it. At that time, I'd asked the church to pray, so we prayed over it in a prayer meeting. And I gave him this handkerchief, believing that God is going to heal this person. Now, I'd love to tell you that the person got healed. The problem is the person didn't get healed, and eventually they died. Now, what happened to me then is this. I thought, God, if that's the case... I ain't going to use my other handkerchief. Because if it didn't happen the first time, and, and what happens is some of us, we're like that. We have believed God to use us for power in an extraordinary way, and you tried and give it all you've got, and God didn't come through. He didn't do what you expected he was going to do. And so I didn't know whether to just throw my other hanky away, but I kept it. Until another time came up. And it was this time, it was my sister. And my sister contacted, and she says, my daughter has just, well, my mum contacted me on behalf of my sister and said, your sister's just had a baby and she had a uterine rupture, if you know what one of those is. The baby comes out of the womb for 15 minutes of being without oxygen. And so she said, the, the baby's been without oxygen, They've, they're going to have to give her, they've given her a blood transfusion, uh, my sister... Everything's got, gone in a really terrible way. They said that when the baby, you know, if, if everything goes, goes to plan in terms of the birth and, he, and the baby comes along, it's going to either, it could die or there'll be brain damage. Well, 
Thank God today that little girl is more intelligent actually than her brother who was born in a normal way, a good birth, and there's nothing wrong. We prayed, and guess what I did? I sent a handkerchief, handkerchief number two. And I had that placed in her cot all the days of her growing up. A miracle occurred. Now, I'm not taking all the credit for it. God gets the credit. But listen, I could have given up. Some of you got to the first stage of stepping out for Jesus and you've given up because you didn't see it happen. I'm telling you, you've got to take a step of faith again. You've got to believe again because God's going to do extraordinary things through people in this room. Now, you've got to believe it. He'll use you. Because listen to me. If, if God can put his spirit on a handkerchief, how much more can he do when the Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit resides in you. That God is going to use you and who you touch and who you go around at your workplace. That when you lay hands upon sick, they're going to get well. They're going to get well. God is empowering his church. Do you believe that? He has been empowering his church. Since the book of Acts, when the Spirit of God was poured out. And today, if you receive the Spirit of God, God is going to empower you to do extraordinary miracles, signs and wonders. I put here that the measure of which you choose to receive from God determines the measure of what you will achieve for God. In other words, if you want to achieve more for God, if you want to do the greater works than He did, then you need His Spirit, because He instructed that. But, oh no, I want to do the great works, but I don't want any of that tongues business. I'm happy to see people walking, getting up out of a wheelchair, but don't give me any of them tongues. Since when did you get the choice? Listen to me. I don't even worry about what the tongues sound like. I just know that God does something in me when I use that gift. And God has given us this ability to walk in power, to be empowered by him. It's interesting, Acts 10, 38, one of great scriptures. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. This is Peter preaching to Cornelius' house, he says this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. It's interesting when he says that, verse 38, it's verse 44, that says while he was still speaking. It's interesting, he's talking about Jesus with power and the Holy Spirit. Then all of a sudden, boom. Talk about the sermon change. Verse 44, while he was saying these things, Holy Spirit comes. Do you know today that as I speak to you, my voice carries to you. Some of you may not going to hear this, but some of you are going to, your ears are going to be open to say, do you know what I want more? I want to be immersed in the Holy Spirit today. I want to I speak in tongues. It's time for change. It's time for me to be changed and on fire for Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, just this week I arrived at the outer court when the, the guys were doing the work at the front. And uh, I've been staying out of the way because of all the noise and studying at home. And I thought, I'm not going to come in when they're digging and smashing concrete. So I came in when everything was a bit quieter. Poor Joe, she's been here through all the noise. Praise God. Come on, big round of applause for Joe. <laughs> Making them coffee and tea. But I arrived here. She's laid the foundation. I just step in and water. And, uh, and I, I came in and, and I saw one of the guys was sat in a digger. And one of the guys was sat in a wheelbarrow. They weren't building anything. They were just sat. 
And so I walked up to them both, and I just, I was meeting uh, Toye at the church, um, one of our kids, the treasure kids workers. And and I'm stood there, and I met Toye, and Toye walked over to me, and I'm just in the middle of speaking to them, and just, they asked me what I do, and, and, you know, why I come to church, and and share the gospel with them. And um, I was there 10 minutes or so with them, and sharing the gospel. And then towards the end, I said, I I felt a, a, a tingle in my right knee. And sometimes when the Lord's done that, it's like a kind of a word of knowledge as to, for me to know that the person's got a problem. So I just said, has someone got a problem in your knee? And, uh, and this, uh, this person said, yeah. And I said, is it your right one? He says, yeah. And so I said, stand up. And so in front of the, the guy in the digger and this guy stood up. I said, tell me what the pain level is. He said, it's like eight out of ten. And I said, I said, the Bible says this, that everything I've just been telling you about, I said, the Bible says... If we lay hands on the sick, they'll, they'll get healed. But it also says that when we preach the gospel, when we tell people about Jesus, then signs and wonders accompany it. So when I lay my hand upon you now to, to show you that God is who he says he is, your, your knee is going to get healed. Now, step out in faith. This comes from years of seeing handkerchiefs not work. It's true. When, which sometimes when you don't see things happen and you step out in faith more, God builds you. Keep going, keep going. And so I stood there and I said, I believe God's going to heal you. And he said, okay. And the guy sat in the digger, rolling up a cigarette. And I just put my hand onto his knee and commanded the pain to go. Within seconds, he was instant, instantly healed. The pain leaves his knee. He's so shocked. He said, I am flabbergasted. He's going, that's amazing. And then he says, if God can do that, he says, maybe you could heal all my back. And I said, well, come inside, step inside. So we take him inside, and me and Toya come inside, and I bring him to the cafe, and I pray for his back. God takes the pain out of his back, then I prophesy over him, and this guy is just totally touched by God. Then I said, let me give you a Bible. So I give him a Bible, and I invite him to church. He says, I want to come with my son. I'm going to bring my son to church. He goes outside, and I said, look, I'm preaching at the moment on the, on the book of Acts. Everything you've just seen here is, you'll see in the early churches, this is what they did. I said, here, I'll put a marker in. Go and read Acts. And you'll see that this is the case. Anyway, I leave him. He goes outside and I come in and get a drink. By the time I walk outside, he's sat on the wall with his Bible. The third guy who wasn't here, he returns and reverses back to the front here, back to the church and puts a load of sand on the front. He, he's got out of his vehicle. He's already chatted to him. He's already testified to him that he's been healed. I walk out. I didn't even have to preach. I got out and he starts telling me of the problem he's got on the back of his heel because a car hit him the day before. And I thought, there's, un- there's a reason why you're telling me this because you've been speaking to your friend. I said, oh, right, have you sp- spoke to your friend? He says, yeah, he's just told me he got healed. He goes, I said, well, let me pray for you. So I pray. He seemed to see some pain drop. But then I said, I want to I pray for you. So I pray for the guy at the front, this sand delivery guy. Pray for him. Prophesy over him. Now, Steve, I don't want to say what I said. But Steve, I mentioned it to him later because he knows the guys, said to me, said everything you've just said to him, he says he's, he knew his life, he knew what happened. So I prophesy over him and reveal his life to him and everything about what God knew about him. He turns around to the other guy who's got healed of the knee and he said, he just told me all my life. So shocked. And then I said, it's amazing, isn't it? It's good, I'm flabbergasted. He said, I said, do you want a Bible? He says, yeah, I want one. We get another Bible. We need to we need to buy more Bibles. Isn't it good? So we go inside. We get another Bible. 
I walk out, give him a Bible, put a marker and say, read the book of Acts. He says, thanks, mate. He gets one. The guy in the digger says, well, I want one as well. All three. All three in 30 minutes or so had a Bible. With two of them, with, with encounters with God. Why? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can achieve a lot in 30 minutes. Or you can walk around, leave him in the digger in the barrow and say, Hi, mate, how you doing? You can do that. It's so easy. You can leave people and just say, Praise God. Nice to see you. Jesus loves you. People, you can tell people Jesus loves them and that's good. But some of us need to start moving in the power of the Holy Ghost. In faith, believing that God can use you. Because the next day I got a message from Joe, two days later, two days later, I got a message from Joe, she said, the guy sat on the front reading his Bible. On the wall. Sat on the front. And found out since that he has already been connected in the past to someone who'd been, who's in this church. God knows what he's doing. He connects the dots, but you've got to help connect them by being the hands and the feet to what God wants to do. Amen. If this worship team could come back. He'll empower you to act differently. Do you know what it says in Acts 10.38 that Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were under what? The power of the devil. Can I just say something? Some of us start thinking that the devil's got a lot of power and it's no match. But listen to me. The Holy Spirit's power is far greater than the devil's power. Some of these people you're speaking to every day, they're under the power of the devil. But you have the ability and empowerment from the Holy Ghost to set people free from the power of the devil. Listen, the Holy Spirit in you is different. It's different. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's different. I was thanking God this morning for Carol Ibby who comes to the church. She leads the Cambridge University Gospel Choir. And I said, we just give her some honor this morning because it's not just me stepping out in faith. But I saw on Facebook, she posted just the other day, she said, one of our members, she posted and said, I've just been in a three-hour interview. I was interviewed for three hours. The interview lasted three hours because... I ended up sharing a word with someone and sharing the gospel and and speaking to them. And I noticed underneath a comment, one of her relatives responded to her stepping out of faith for God and put, wow, that's different. When he empowers you, you'll act differently. You'll act differently. You'll do things differently. You'll speak differently. There's people right now, the Spirit of God wants to fill people. Some of you, maybe you speak in, you spoke in tongues in the past before. You've you spoke in tongues and now it's just kind of, that flame's gone down. You've not been speaking in tongues for a long time. You need to begin to open your mouth and let Him fill it again and get a new tongue. And I want you to, in a minute, if people need to just come to the front right now. Come to the front right now. If you're hungry for a touch from Jesus, come to the front right now. We want to pray for you. If the, t- if the team can be ready, we're going to lay hands upon you. Some people right now, you're so dried up, you just need a touch of fire from Jesus. You're so dried up. The fire of God will touch you. But you've got to open your mouth and let Him fill it. Come on, let's just stand. 
Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.